0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: I'm not, like, used to, I don't want to say being in charge because there's an anarchist wedding and no one is in charge, right? <laughs> and that was especially true yesterday. Yeah. That there were people asking me questions and, like, I I don't have the answer to this. Why are you asking me? I don't know. Right. Do, uh, the photographer asked me if I had seen someone else or something or if I knew where they were supposed to set up. I was like, well... I'm an anarchist, and the other two, the two people getting married are anarchists, so do whatever you want. Right, yeah. (laughs) Just don't hurt anyone and don't take their stuff. Yeah. And that's pretty much what ended up happening. Of course, the wedding was delayed by about 15 minutes. like right before the wedding was due to start, there was a medical incident.
2: I I haven't uh, said anything about this yet, but... uh... Uh, what I will say about it is that uh, Nikki in her wedding gown was so stunning that one of the groomsmen had a little bit of uh, an issue and had needed to be tended to by the uh, the paramedics.
1: Well, that that's an interesting way of looking at it. But, of course, no one had seen Nikki at that point. Only the bridesmaids and I think myself had seen Nikki at that point. So this person hadn't seen her. Right. He had some sort of medical issue. And I like my story better. They had to call an ambulance, and we waited, and I had to make an announcement letting people know, hey, we there's been a medical issue, so just be be chill, be patient. And then, surprisingly, the ambulance got here within like 15 minutes. Yeah. They were insanely fast. I'd never seen an ambulance arrive that quickly inside of an actual city. Right, yeah. And here we are in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. They got here within 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. By 5.15, by within 20 minutes of this happening, they had this guy loaded up, and they had departed. Yep. And then the wedding proceeded as normal except of course for the the rain which wasn't really an issue. I knew yesterday as soon as the day started that I was going to get wet all day long. Yeah. So I make peace with that very early on. But it was a candle lighting ceremony and <laughs> it perhaps was not the most put together of ideas right well it wasn't put together at all it was a nikki gave me a script and goes okay here's this and i didn't realize until yesterday that i was the the sound engineer for the wedding so to speak like i was the one re- tasked with setting everything you provided the speakers yep. and like that then everyone just up i i got no direction about what to do right. right yeah i was told that there needed to be music after the ceremony yep and the person who's doing that frustratingly, the person whose phone was doing the intro music before the wedding and who started doing the music after the ceremony apparently doesn't know how Bluetooth works. Wandered away. It wandered away repeatedly. <laughs> and I'm like Well, first of all, you're at a wedding. If you don't need your phone, just set it down. Yeah. Open it in your pocket. But like So that was frustrating. Every few minutes the music just like cut out and then it would return. It's like I'm gonna go find this guy uh-huh. and choke him. But it was otherwise very beautiful. I messed up a lot during the ceremony, as one is likely to do. It's not the, the satanic script that I would normally have used. Like I said, Nikki provided it. Yeah. I did my best to memorize it, but I've got a lot in my brain these days, sure. and my ability to memorize things was not you know, at 100% capacity. Plus, I only got it like a week ago, yeah. so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare and memorize it. It was like it, me
2: trying to memorize the lyrics for Broken Man yeah, a more week or less. before we, we played it.
1: And it was a lot... Of talking, probably among the most talking I've seen within a wedding ceremony, p- yeah. possibly in my whole life. And I haven't been to a lot of weddings. So. How many have you performed? I've only performed none. That no. yesterday. So this was first. Okay, yes. so
2: for your first one, I think it went off pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think it went fine. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there were no major issues. Yeah. I went off script a number of times, and I wish I had gone off script more. But I didn't want to because I didn't want to feel like I was ruining Nikki's special day. You know, weddings are very important to people. Yes. And she gave me this script, so I tried to stick to it as much as possible. But that's not in my nature, right? I had a script for when I had my citizen here. Yeah. Yeah. At my sentencing hearing, I had a script. When I spoke in favor of CACR 32, the secession bill here in New Hampshire, I had a script. On both of those occasions, I was like, yeah, I brought this thing to read, but I'm not going to read that. I'd rather just talk to you directly. Right. Because that's just more in my nature. As you mentioned, I'm more of an ad-libber. However, I didn't want to screw up her wedding. And in hindsight, Nikki knew what she was getting into when she asked me to be the officiator. Oh, yeah. I should have been a little bit more loose in that regard and more willing to ad lib instead of having to pause to read what I was supposed to say next. I should have just made something up. But all in all, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. The only real issue during the ceremony, of course, was that the candles didn't want to (laughs) light. And that's really awkward when I'm standing up there saying, these candles are representative representative of your uniqueness, your autonomy, your individuality, and use them together. Oh, they went out as you got married. Sorry about that. Pay no mind to that, people. That's not symbolic of anything. You should have got uh,
2: those trick candles that stay lit.
1: I said that Roger Paxton was in charge of the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the year that Ian got banned. I don't. Rem- I'm pretty sure that part is true, but the way I said it, it made it sound like Roger Paxton was the one who got Ian banned. And oh, that's I not see. the case, and I did not mean to suggest that at all. Roger sure. Paxton actually was the one who fought for Ian to get unbanned. Roger was the one who went through the meetings, the, the minutes of the Free uh, State Project meetings, to hmm. determine that Ian had only been banned for a year and not in perpetuity. So Roger was like single-handedly responsible for Ian being unbanned. Right. But I, I do believe he was the one who organized the festival on the year that Ian was banned. Okay. I could be mistaken, but I rem- that was my first year, and I didn't know what was going on. But I, Roger and Jessica did a Q&A at the pavilion down there. And I know that several people, uh, m- notably uh, Mikey, who now himself has been banned, held their feet to the flames over this and asked, yo, I want to know, where is Ian Freeman? Why isn't Ian Freeman here? Will right. you please tell us why Ian Freeman ha- is not allowed at Porkfest? Right. like, we're not answering that next question, right? We're not
2: answering that? Yeah,
1: uh, they said something to that effect. And uh, like I said, it was my first year here, so I didn't really even understand what was going on. I,
2: I wasn't here that year, so I can't speak to it personally.
1: But I knew that something was off, something wasn't right. And I think I knew of Ian at that point, but we had never actually spoken. But So Roger did not get Ian banned. And as it turns out, Gar- Carla Garrick was, in fact, one of the people who voted in favor of banning Ian. And I suggested that she didn't do anything autor- authoritarian during her role as the Porcupine Freedom Fest organizer. And that's still true. She wasn't one of the organizers at the time that she voted to have Ian banned. Hmm. But while she was an organizer, to my knowledge, she didn't do anything like... There is a long list of people who are now banned. Like last night, someone I, tried to come to ForkFest. Yeah. And there's no controversy around this person. This person hasn't been banned. Right. But he arrived late, and he insisted that he had a Pork Fest ticket. But he was told that they weren't going to allow him to check in. And as far as I can tell... They thought that he was one of the people who had been banned and that he was trying to gate crash the event, that he was trying to check in early and then overstay his welcome huh. during the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's my best guess. Yeah. Of course, they're not going to say exactly what happened here. And it was it was Crosby, the owner of the campground. So you can't be like, Crosby, why aren't you letting this? It's his campground.
2: Yeah, I guess in the end, it's his campground. He can do what he wants.
1: Yeah. So the speculation is going around that now people being banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, are inadvertently also banned from ForkFest. Which
2: is not the case, because ForkFest doesn't have a banned list. ForkFest doesn't have an organizer. ForkFest doesn't require ticketing.
1: Right, but Rogers Campground is owned by Crosby. Yes. And if Crosby is enforcing the Porcupine Freedom Festival banned list across the entire campground year-round, then getting banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a ban from Rogers Campground. I brought some new flags this year to the FTL site. I see
2: that. I'm really digging the uh, pentagram.
1: Yes, that is the Church of Satan emblem. And, of course, behind you is an LGBTQ pride flag. I'm going to move that one because right now it's partially covering up the Free Talk Live sign, but it's going to require me doing a lot of work. And I wanted to get the show started recording before I got into any of that stuff because I like having time to wake up and get my day going mm-hmm. before I do a bunch of like physical stuff. So I suspect that LGBTQ sign will disappear at some point. I'm so convinced this is going to happen that I want to ask Matt Roach for a trail cam. Oh, I see. So that we can point it at it because it's not going to survive. There's a reason I hung it right there at the front, right? Instead of the one over here on the side, and people probably aren't going to, plus it's a rainbow. It's going to get noticed. And some butthurt conservative is going to do something about it or, if it doesn't get stolen, it's going to get vandalized and slashed with knives or something like that. I'm I'm willing to bet. I hope
2: not. That a seems... twenty
1: five or gold back that that happens. Of course, no one's going to take that bet, but I'm willing to bet that.
2: Seems like uh, something that well shouldn't happen amongst a crew of libertarians.
1: It well, not everyone here is a libertarian. I
2: understand, but still, and, and that's part of the, the non-aggression principle should permeate. Uh, you know, the campground.
1: It should, but with the Porcupine Freedom Festival inviting people who are specifically not libertarians and yeah, some yeah. of them explicitly threatening violence. Maybe
2: RFK will come over here and slash it.
1: I doubt that RFK will, but <laughs> Vivek might. Maj, Maj might.
2: Yeah.
1: Or any of the other conservatarians who like Maj might do it. And I I, I will be sad to see that happens, but this, is, this flag wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all of the conservatives trying to make... You know, trans people and LGBTQ people feel unwelcome throughout the United States. They uh, Okay, well, I'm going to make them feel unwelcome at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We've never flown an LGBT flag here. Why would we? Mm-hmm. Right. We've never flown uh-huh. a flag of Satan here. Of course, why would we?
0: Well,
2: because you're here.
1: Well, yeah, but I've been here for seven years now, right? And I've been here at the FTL <laughs> site for like actually four or five the, years. The,
2: the the pentagram flag uh, hasn't been here the whole time since I've known you.
1: Yeah, I kind of am, too. Other people fly them around here, though, and I... I like up here last year, up here in the campground, people are beginning to roll it and it's fantastic to watch. People are beginning to set up. Yep. It's very, I'm surprised that there aren't more people here. Like the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it starts tomorrow. And the Wormtown guys have not made it yet. They have a big thing, a big tent that they have to set up, and they're not here.
2: Yeah, well, and uh, the tent where I'm hosting my EP thing, listing party, pre-release thing, we haven't set it up yet, so whenever we're done doing this show, hopefully the, the, the things that are necessary <laughs> arrive, and you know, I've got some extra people to help put it up, and, and then we can, we can get that thing going. But uh, it's still on schedule, as far as I know, for 8.30 p.m. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, it's probably already happened, and you missed it.
1: Not yet. If you're listening to this right now, then it's happening in about an hour.
2: Well, I mean, uh, if you're listening to the recording on Free Talk Live,
1: right, right, yeah. then it will happen in about an hour. This should play tonight.
2: Oh, okay. I, I mean, thought I'm, this was another day.
1: It it might have to be put off another yeah, day. I, don't I still know. don't know what right. day it is. Really, I, I'm anticipating that we'll be able to finish the full show at you know before four or five o'clock and get it uploaded and get it played on live tonight. Okay. I don't know. I could be wrong, but my guess is that. But there are people beginning to roll in. I'm surprised, again, that the Wormtown guys aren't here because they have a lot of stuff to set up. But maybe this is... I haven't been to the pre-party at the Porcupine Freedom Festival in quite a while. Yeah. Because I usually stay for Fork Fest after for the last, right. what, four, three years? That's what I did? Yeah, that's what I've years. been doing, too. Because yeah.
2: ForkFest was after the Porcupine Freedom Festival the previous years. This year, it moved back to the front of it, the, the pre-funk. Yes. So it's a bit different experience for me, anyway.
1: It It is, uh, I remember coming to the Porcupine Friend of Festival beforehand, but I don't remember how, what it was like watching it set up. I would have expected all of the big vendors to be here and to be already set up by this point so that when the doors open tomorrow, they're good to go to start vending. A few weeks ago, Bonnie, Ian, and I got into a lengthy, like, it took up an entire segment, discussion about what is and isn't aggression. And whether tapping someone on the shoulder in public constituted Aggression. Oh, when you're like, hey,
2: man, yeah. right, you tap somebody?
1: And of course, in an I's position, was it like t- technically, literally, touching someone without their consent is aggression, right? It doesn't well, matter yeah. that you're not hurting them.
2: Well, and like legally, too, like uh, that's assault.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess it would be.
2: You know, well, I mean, like, not to me, but in the right. you know, strictest adherence to the legal terminology, touching someone without their consent is assault.
1: That's. That's literally true. And the point that Bonnie made was that no, it's not assault because by going into public, you acknowledge, you consent to the possibility that someone might touch you. Mm-hmm. And it, it was sort of a social contracty argument, except it wasn't, obviously. She never would argue for a social contract, but sure. I, I don't think she's necessarily wrong. Going out in public, you do sort of consent. To interact with people to some extent. And I don't know how else you you could characterize things, right? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But anyway, that's what we did. Three-hour, not three-hour argument, but like full segment-long segment. argument about what is and isn't aggression. Of course, we have callers who love doing this. A Skeeter, in particular. <laughs> Good Lord. Skyler? Man. Scooter? Yeah, Skeeter's what?
2: Yeah, no. I, no. I, okay. I don't call him his actual...
1: Okay. Well, I, I do, and... Because
2: he's, he has many different names. Uh, he has called under many different... Uh, he's called as Brian, he's called has as... He? Yeah, okay. a, a couple of different names, and so I know exactly who he is. And you can usually tell because at some point during his call, he seems to whine. A little bit.
1: He whines the entire time. That's all he does. He's like David from New Mexico. He's got a (laughs) stick up his rear, and all he wants to do is call and rehash and tell us how upset he is about that stick. And it's like, dude, just pull it out, (laughs) and we can carry on instead of arguing about something that happened two or three weeks ago. I don't think he's
2: aware that he can pull it out.
1: I guess not, right? <laughs> but that that all started because he wanted to call in, and he he said, "Yo, you guys are being libertarians, saying that you know you stand by principles, and I object." Yeah. What is aggression? And that was how it sort of began. And I don't remember exactly what the discussion happened it was said after that because this was like three weeks ago, sure. and. It's it's a weird situation. These parasocial relationships that we have with some of our listeners and some of our callers, like Ricky. He called in recently and said, well, you know me, brother Ian. And and Ian goes, no, Ricky, I don't know you. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You're just a caller who calls You hear us for three hours a day, but we hear you for maybe three minutes. Right. And we don't know you. You know us. Right. That's the nature of the parasocial relationship. It's all one direction. Yeah. But people like Ricky and Skeeter and stuff because they listen to the show regular, and that's great. We love that, but you've got to keep that perspective that we don't know you right We know I feel like we know Sarah from New Mexico pretty well, right, but I, she's been a chronic maybe, caller yeah. for years
2: that's true decades maybe well, yeah. maybe not decades, but. Maybe Maybe a decade. Yeah, maybe one decade.
1: But we don't know our callers generally. Some of them like Alu Axelman or Tate Ridley. Yeah, we know you because you're libertarians living here in New Hampshire. Right.
2: And if you have some, you know, libertarian thing going on, you know, I lose an author, you know, Ernie does his show, right, all that kind of stuff. So like we we know those folks.
1: Ernie and his love bus arrived yesterday. Actually, he's he's moved. He's normally back there in the campground, yeah, but this year he's, he's- a little more up front. Yeah, yeah. He's like right here, right outside of Agora Valley. I think right about where Little Zoe's normally is, but they're usually in a different aisle. None but love, Ernie. Yeah. Little Zoe's is not here yet. I believe your poles have arrived. Oh, nice. For the, um, for the big army tent that you are putting up for- the airing of your album tonight—the debut yes. of your album—that's happening at eight thirty. And I don't know if you're listening here; it is about to happen. So get stop the show and play it later. <laughs> we do have a podcast for a reason, <laughs> and come to RV forty-seven yes. and listen to the airing of Captain's new EP.
2: I put a bunch of uh, work into it too, so uh, uh, I do a horrible job at really like you know advertising all of the details. Uh, Some of the things that I can tell you is uh, there are three videos. Uh, I was only intending to make one music video, and I did make one, and it came out very professionally. Nice. Uh, I had some help from uh, Vincent Moore, former co-host here on Free Talk Live, who is a video guy. He went to school for all that stuff. Uh, Vincent was one of the first people to uh, acknowledge uh, and enjoy. He like literally sought out uh, some of my previously made music and was like, "I really like this stuff. Can I have more?" And asked me for like links to other stuff. And I sent him all that stuff. Fantastic. So I wanted somebody who. Not only had the skills to do the video editing, but was enthusiastic about it as well.
1: Right, that's ideal, and that's what, one of the reasons that we love Riley Blake so
2: much. You know, yes. the
1: person who does the FTL digest, he he does this as and it's a work of passion for him because he loves the show. Yeah, and I have
2: to give a shout out to Riley too for doing the digest version of Beard Talk Live.
1: Okay, nice. And
2: and you can find that on beard.freetalklive.com. Uh, I recently acquired BeardTalkLive.com and pointed it to Resolve at that same website, so either, okay. either address you go to. But he does uh, an introduction to the Digest version of Beard Talk Live.
1: He does that, that for the FTL Digest That is a as well. must
2: here. It's oh, really? different than what he does for FTL. Well,
1: yeah.
2: We do a thing that I can't say on the radio. Uh, so I'm not going to say it, but we do a thing on Beard Talk Live, and he does his own version of it as an introduction to the Digest version of Beard Talk Live. So if you haven't heard it, go seek that out. Riley, you the man. Thank you so much for your, your work. So let's say there's some guy who's trying to defraud an old lady uh, out of, uh, I don't know, Coca-Cola Classic. Right? Okay. And so uh, the old lady is like, okay, yes, I'll, I'll get some Coca-Cola Classic for you. And she goes down to the convenience store and buys some Coca-Cola Classic and gives it to the guy and is out that amount of money, right? Uh, Do the feds prosecute the convenience store for selling the Coca-Cola Classic? No, No. they don't. And that's their logic. That's what they're doing to both you and Ian and the rest of the Crypto 6 is they're prosecuting you for providing a product to somebody who was a willing customer Right, who went jumped through all of the like I think you guys were more stringent than actual KYC with we your were. procedures. So, Demonstrably like, so
1: everyone who bought Bitcoin from us had to make a handwritten letter yeah. stating their name. I you know, Ariadnezzo am buying X amount of Bitcoin from Ian Freeman in the amount of this USD via wire transfer right. on this day. They had to sign it, they had to take a picture of themselves with the note. Yep. And provide us with an ID so we can look at that person, look at the note, look at the ID, and verify that, yes, this person is intentionally buying yeah. this amount of Bitcoin from me.
2: Now, I've gone through actual KYC on a crypto exchange, right. and I found it to be less strict than what you and Ian were requiring of, of the customers who purchased Bitcoin from you.
1: Yes, for the most part all I've ever had to do was provide my ID and usually a bill or something like that.
2: I've only had to enter, you know, like name and, you know, that kind of stuff and then upload a picture of my driver's license.
1: That's usually Shit. how it started, but at, at a certain point they were requiring more from me. Like oh, I think
2: I had to put in a mailing address too.
1: I had to provide a proof of proof of source of funds to Kraken at one point. Wow. And just all sorts of crap. But at that point they have a Threshold. I was I was doing the Kraken Pro first of all, so I wasn't just a normal personal account. So I had to, you know, I had bought maybe two hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin from them at that point, and they were like, "Hey, look, we we want to know where is this two hundred thousand dollars coming from." So I had a bookkeeper write something up and get this and like this is this is the case and this is the money and this is all fine and they were like, "Okay, this is fine, this checks out," but ultimately Kraken closed my account anyway. Coinbase closed my account anyway. Coinbase didn't close my account until after the hearing. Mm. It's going to be very... I'm so thankful to look around and see the Bitcoin vending machines that are proliferated throughout New Hampshire, at least, and the United States in general. Because it's... None of these exchanges like Coinbase and Binance and Kraken, if they survive the onslaught from the U.S. government... We'll see if that happens. They're never going to do business with me. I'm a known Bitcoin salesperson. They know that I was a cryptocurrency exchange. I was a competitor. Why would they do business with me? So it's going to be very difficult going forward for me to acquire cryptocurrency, except through the Coinstar machines and the random Bitcoin vending machines that are on. But on that subject, right, there there are Bitcoin vending machines everywhere, There's even one here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or if there isn't right now, there will be. There's one here every year, and I got into a discussion last year with the guy about this. All of his paperwork is in order. He's good to go, but Mm -hmm. one of the people who wrote a letter on Ian's behalf also had all of their paperwork in order. Okay. We had on uh, Risen uh, from—I think he works on Ethereum— on the show a few weeks ago and he had all of his paperwork in order. His was a really interesting conversation because he, I think he pled guilty to operating an unlicensed money transmitting business. And he was sentenced to, I want to say it was 12 months. And ultimately he served about six months of that. And, that's what I would like to serve if yeah. I'm going to serve any. I've seen this say 18 months, and it varies, right, based on what I read on any given day, how long I think I'm going to be in prison. Yeah. Right now, I'm leaning toward 12 to 15 months. But because of the First Step Act and these other things, previously, prior to the First Step Act, in order to I don't
2: even get, know what that is.
1: It came about in 2021. But prior to it, in order to get released early, the warden of the prison— had to speak up on your behalf and try to get you released early. Whoa. The First Step Act removes that hurdle from it where you just sort of can apply for it automatically Okay. or whatever. I, I don't know the exact process. Most people don't know the exact process. You don't learn these things until you're there in prison. Sure, But a lot of it has to do with getting a college degree or studying or hmm. there's all sorts of programs that you can get involved in. I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to that. When you go to like one of these Bitcoin accepting maps, I, I think maps.bitcoin.com maybe, Yeah. but when you go to them, it shows a lot of places that accept cryptocurrency. But when you call them or when you visit them, it turns out that they don't actually accept a cr- cryptocurrency because right. someone will talk them into it and they'll do it once and then they'll just never go back.
2: Yeah. And will get put on the map because of that one transaction. Right. Yeah.
1: And this happens a lot with the ones in Miami. Miami, well, you know, the Bitcoin capital. Yeah, you can't spend crypto this is, there. This is
2: what you're describing, though, is the illustration that a community is necessary for adoption. Yes. And, you know, the more folks that we can get coming to New Hampshire that are using cryptocurrency and goldbacks, the more community we can build, the more people will begin accepting it, and the more we can
1: throw the bird in the general direction of the government. And on the subject of cryptocurrency, I want to tell you about Dash. They have a new killer app that Bonnie was tweeting about the other day as a lifesaver with Bitcoin fees being so high. Of course, Dash is lightning fast. It's a little bit faster than Bitcoin Cash Instantaneous Transactions. Very cheap transactions. I think it's like point zero zero one Dash per transaction. Which is really good because Bitcoin can push $5, $10, 20 per transaction, but Dash is designed to actually be used as a cryptocurrency, and that's tremendously valuable. Most of the places here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival will take Dash. I don't know if any of them are using Dash Direct, though, and that's the killer app that, Direct, that Dash has. That I've
2: been using it for a while now, and it's great.
1: You can shop at like 180,000 different locations using this app and using Dash to make purchases. And you get you know, discounts ranging from like 1% all the way up to 8 or 9% just for using Dash. It's really awesome. And I want to say thank you to the people at Dash for making that happen and for sponsoring the show. They give us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can find out more about them at Dash.org, I think, is the website. It might also be Dash.com. Or just go to your favorite search engine look up Dash cryptocurrency because I don't remember the name of the website off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it was Dash.org. Yeah. But that's you know Dash.org. Thank you to the Decentralized Autonomous Organization over at Dash for giving us that 32 Dash per month for promoting them on the air.
2: Uh, if you're a gift giver and you like giving gift cards, Dash Direct is also great for that because you can give a virtual gift card in uh, you know, reasonable yep. amounts, any, nearly any amount you can think of. Uh, Bitcoin.com,
1: there's a number of ways to get gift cards with cryptocurrency. Yep. And I've, I like those, but those are obviously not ideal, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the ideal is to be able to use cryptocurrency directly at the business, and then they use the cryptocurrency to pay their suppliers. We don't have that hurdle crossed yet, and in order yeah. to cross that hurdle, we're going to have to have tens of thousands of locations throughout the U.S. accepting cryptocurrency, so that they can put pressure on like Cisco and other vending companies to actually sell them with crypto, sell them for cryptocurrency. Until then, they have to have some amount of cash to give their suppliers, right. so they can. So it's great that local burger in King, they no longer accept crypto, cryptocurrency, but it's great that they accepted crypto, right? But if they want to buy more beef and buns and stuff, they've got to use cash. Yep. So that's the real hurdle that has to be crossed for the cryptocurrency people is to, to ask the vendors that you're dealing with if they're willing to accept cryptocurrency. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you're listening to this show and you're wondering what you can do to forward freedom, liberty, peace, prosperity, and all that kind of stuff, what you what can you do? What can a regular Joe do? Well just start asking. Hey, do you take cryptocurrency? Why yeah. not?
1: It's you're gonna be most successful here in New Hampshire where there are more people who can ask the same question because that's usually what it takes. And we were we were so close to getting the Jamaican place there in Keene prior to the raid. Like she was on board, Ian had given her some crypto, it was it was gonna happen, right? Yeah. But then we got raided and that spooked a lot of people. The Corner News, which was the first shop there in Keene to take cryptocurrency, no longer has it. They had a Bitcoin vending machine for years. Right. And but I can't say that I blame them. For wanting to get out of it. It's, it's spooky seeing how the government's going after all these people. And, of course, that's exactly what people like Gensler of the SEC want. Screw that guy. Yeah, they want. I don't like that guy. No, he's he's absolutely horrible. And I have a story about him, so that's as good a time as any to get into it. There is a meme coin, because, of course, there is. <laughs> About Gary. There's more than one. Oh wait, about Gary specifically? Yes. The CEO I mean I keep calling him the CEO for some reason. The head of the SEC, he has a meme coin. It's an ERC twenty token and it's real
2: Wait, it's not his coin though, right? Somebody else made the coin, but it's making fun of Gensler.
1: Right. It's I think it's called Gensler and I'll get more into it, but you don't have to be the person to make an ERC20 token. All you need is some Ethereum. It's super easy. I wish I had thought about this idea because, like, Gens- I mean, I can't use cryptocurrency, but I wish sure. I could use cryptocurrency and that I had come up with this idea because it's an obvious money maker. Yeah. Right? You just spend 0.001 Ethereum to make 10 million Gensler coins <laughs> and you sell them for 0.00001 Ethereum a piece and you're going you guaranteed to make a lot of money. It's got no utility. It's useless. It's just an ERC-20 token. I don't have very much respect yeah. for ERC-20 tokens. Yeah.
2: Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too. But finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest.
1: Obviously, small businesses are critically important to the United States, and they're critically important to the economy. So
2: in fact, it's my belief anyway, that if government got out of the way, these giant lumbering behemoth corporations would go away.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the Reformed Satanic Church, when I was selling cryptocurrency, I was getting to a point where I needed to hire someone Mm. to to do some things for me in that capacity. And I just kept doing it myself. But Mm. it would have made my life a lot easier to hire someone. But once you do that, there's all manner of new government hoops to jump through. And, like, I just – I mean, plenty of churches have people working for them. It wouldn't have been that unusual. But, man, does the government – like.
2: Yeah, and if you try to if you try to do things even above the table and like subcontract instead of hire, right? You want to put somebody on a 1099 and you know offer them piecework. Hey, I'm going to pay you by the task or pay your business, yeah. you know, by the task and I'll pay you for completing these tasks instead of paying an employee by the hour, right? Which is a smarter way I think to transact with other people and acquire services. But even if you do that, as people like uh Uh, Larkin Rose, who I think is supposed to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. Really? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, As he found out, because he did this, and uh, he got thrown in jail, because him him and his wife's business contracted people, 1099 style, and they were like, no, 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 you're an employer. You have to pay taxes, and they threw his ass in jail.
1: I was not aware of that. Of course, all sorts of similar things have happened in regard to 1099s, employers, and contractors, and stuff, especially in the state of California, deciding that Uber drivers uh, and Lyft drivers are employees rather right. than contractors. Yeah. When obviously they're contractors, they're yeah. but if, they don't if, even if, get paid a wage, yeah. do they?
2: If that's true, then how come uh, you know cab drivers can still be contractors?
1: Yeah. Well, they can't in the state of California anymore, but it's all messed up. And because of that, like Variety, one of my favorite uh, little screenshots is Variety celebrating this victory for workers' rights in California. And then like the very next headline is Variety lays off most of their staff because they can't afford to keep them as employees. And now they're not contractors. Well, imagine how that happened. But it is a beautiful day here and there are steadily people more coming in, coming more people yeah. coming in here I've seen at a bunch Fort of Kress. RVs
2: roll in just since we've been doing the show. I've seen a bunch of uh, camps go up. Uh, some folks are making some progress on the tent over here for it's looking good. for the thing that uh, I'm throwing tonight. Thank you guys. We appreciate you.
1: I'm excited to be here and it's only going to get better from here, right? Yeah. And It's, it's, again, bittersweet for me because Saturday, Sunday are going to be fantastic days. Well, Sunday, not so much. Sunday's the day that everyone packs up and all that stuff. Looking forward, as usual, to the Soapbox Idol this year. That's the Rant competition they have every year. Really looking forward Are you hosting or
2: just participating?
1: I'm usually a judge. I've been a judge for the last three years in a row. It's really disorganized. It's not disorganized, but it's... I don't know how to describe it. It's organic. It's not necessarily organic, but Carla waits until the last minute for some of these things because she's super busy with other stuff. Sure. And I usually find out about 12 to 15 minutes before the start of Soapbox Idol that I am going to be a judge. <laughs> so I tend to just assume that I'm going to be because it's usually myself and Jeremy Kaufman. And then we get a third judge. As sort of a rotator, so an, an everyman, a, a straight middleman, not, yeah. not middleman, a straight man kind of thing, because we need someone who just kind of plays it straight so mm-hmm. that Jeremy and I can do our things. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's so much fun. And last year there was a little bit of controversy surrounding oh. Soapbox Idol, and it was very bizarre, right? Like, extra soap? Carlin Boroshenko, extra salt for sure. Carlin <laughs> Boroshenko, I, I don't know her last name, I think that's her last name, yeah. gave a rant and she got really upset with me on Twitter about, uh, Ian had invited her on Free Talk Live or something. She was like, no, thank you. I don't appreciate what Arya said during my rant or something like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about, right? So, because I, I didn't remember which rant was hers. So I checked my notes because we do take notes during this. And I was the jur- third judge to speak in her rant. And this is a rotating sort of thing where the first judge usually, uh, is meaner and mm-hmm. the second judge is usually a little meaner as well but when you're the third judge and it's rotating one minute you're the first judge and then the next contestant you're the second then the third so so we're constantly rotating which one is doing what but if you're the third judge it's critically important that you leave them on a good note right mm-hmm. you don't want to be have something negative be the last thing that they heard right yeah and and that was my position i was like well i was the third judge here so there was no way i was e- even remotely critical then the video came out last year. And to say that I was, I was the most vindicated that I've ever seen anyone be <laughs> vindicated, right? Like, I didn't say anything negative about this rant. We had Dennis Pratt on the show a few weeks ago. He took a lot of credit for decentralizing the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But I got to be honest, ForkFest is responsible for that, as far as I can tell. Every, everything I've seen, and I was here for it, suggested it was the decentralization of ForkFest and the success of ForkFest that led the way in decentralizing the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm. And that could be, you know, maybe I'm as wrong to take credit for it as Dennis was to take credit for it. Maybe it was just this organic thing. I don't know. But I was here, and it seemed to me like offering people an alternative that was successful yeah. was what caused the Porcupine Freedom Festival to be like, you know what? Forkfest went just fine. That we had a huge crowd that year. That was the year right before FUD. That was the year right before we moved it to After, and it was tremendously successful. Oh, wait,
2: wait. You mean
0: a little bit of competition went a long way? Yep. Wow. Weird.
1: And I wasn't the only well, one. who- It was kni-
0: competition, but it was also good leadership. So I've got to give, I've got to give credit to both things. Forkfest created the niche, but then Dennis maneuvered uh, Porkfest into the niche. That's that that's a really good way created. to look at it.
1: Nice. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's really accurate. But we all noticed the vibe change. Uh, that Saturday night, I swear to you, man, it was magical. Uh, Ian mentioned to me that he had a dream tonight or last night about me, him and his dog Jazzy. is no longer with us and I missed I don't remember what all of the details were about the dream, but it was pretty I can imagine that the reason he had that dream was because of all the time he and I spent together at Fork Fest three years ago and four years ago. Yeah, that because Jazzy was there with us the whole time. Sure. So I suspect that was related to it. But th- those Fork fests will always, in my memory, be remembered as like the best and the one, the last one where it was before, and then the year that FUD performed at Fork Fest. Magical years, like truly magical years. Going to go down in my movie. Those will keep me warm during my prison sentence. Unless I'm sentenced in in Alaska, in which case nothing is going to keep me warm.
2: Didn't they decide that they were going to keep you at least in the New England area?
1: Well, the judge said that he wants them to keep me in the New England area because having people close by encourages good behavior. Because that they threaten to take away your visitation, then you're more likely to behave well, apparently. But... The Bureau of Prisons is under no obligation to take the judge's word, right? Okay. They, they can do whatever okay. they want. And they're so they're is
2: basically suggesting. Right. Okay.
1: And they're probably going to send me to somewhere far away from New Hampshire. And I didn't think this was going to be true. Someone wrote a letter to Ian and I recently, uh, someone who's in federal prison. He was like, hey, you know, are yeah, you're going to survive this. But it's gonna suck, right? Mm. You're you're high profile, and the guards are gonna go out of their way to screw with you. Yep. I was like, no, nah, man, that's, come on, high profile. That's silly. There's no such. Mm. I'm I'm absolutely not such a thing. But I talked to a few of my attorney friends about this because that's something I didn't expect to have friends who are attorneys that I can talk to. Yeah. And sure enough, they reiterated the same thing that, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's going to suck. The guards are going to screw with you and you're probably going to get to some extent other inmates screwing with you. So luckily, they said, they all said the same thing that if you hire, I mean, if you have friends who are attorneys... They are more likely to leave you alone because, like, oh, she she's connected, she's got powerful friends or whatever. Right? Yeah. But mm. they, they're they're they don't like it when people say negative things about them. Yeah. Which I don't intend to write about my experience in prison while in prison. Anyway, to me, that's obviously a bad idea, right? This is not the time for activism yeah. when, in prison. SEC Chair Gary Gensler, of course, has united cryptocurrency through the hatred of a common enemy as these things tend to go, right? We hate Gary... I don't hate Gary Gensler, but I wish he would, like, screw off because he's doing everything in his power, as far as I can tell, to destroy cryptocurrency. He needs to get a real job is what he needs to do. And he's doing a very good job of destroying cryptocurrency. Now, a meme coin is rubbing salt in the wounds. I really doubt that he cares about this. This is from Blockworks, and, you know, they're going to post it... uh, They're going to write about it in this ultra-crypto-friendly way, but I sincerely doubt that Gensler knows or cares about this I, meme coin. I
2: don't know about destroying cryptocurrency. He's certainly uh, tarnishing the public's view
0: of cryptocurrency. Well, he uh, is. He's also working to put people in prison for using it, though, isn't he?
1: I know the FBI is and FinCEN yeah. is, but I don't think the, SC- the SEC is a regulatory body. I think they just fine people. Mm. But I'm and and gut them and put them out of business like they did. Either library. way, it's a
2: ridiculous alphabet organization needs to go away.
1: It is so good. Gensler is the coin. G E N S L R is its ticker symbol. Ticker symbol is more than doubled over the past month to outperform practically the entire crypto market, and I, it's easy to see why. I would love to acquire some Gensler if if I could. Not, not just because, just to give Gensler the middle finger, and I don't well, know in what way that's giving him the finger, but my gut tells me it is.
2: I was going to say, like, here's what I don't like about Gensler Coin, uh, that I have to say his name, uh, and that it well, gives it's him, good, Gensler, and and it and it gives like just even the name though gives him more attention. Everybody's saying it gives him more attention, Ooh. and and I think that's
0: counterproductive.
2: Well, he's well then
0: again, sunlight is the best disinfectant, and maybe giving him attention is not a bad plan in terms of paying attention to what he's doing and That's a solid the point. evil of what he's doing. That's a solid point.
1: Well, like, even congressional officials have called this guy up and like, Hey man, what are you doing? This isn't right. You gotta stop. Yeah. I mean it's nothing. Yeah, has he's come obviously of that yet.
2: a power mad psychopath yes. on a on a you know, a quest.
1: But this is good Ginsler. And that that's very different from bad Ginsler. Bad Gensler Ginsler is head of the SEC. This is good Ginsler. And it's more than doubled over the past month as I said good more than Ginsler. More than $100 billion has been wiped from crypto's total market value over that time, melted by the SEC, suing both Binance and Coinbase, which we all saw coming. and They're not going to stop. Yeah. Right? Now. They've mm-hmm. made it clear that they're going to target anything and everything as they sink their ravenous tendrils and claws into cryptocurrency.
2: Which only illustrates that government is not out to protect you, it's not out to... Uh, make your life easier. It's not out to do you any favors because what it's doing is it's preventing people who happen to live in the United States of America from engaging
1: in new
2: technology. Yeah,
1: Where were these guys when FTX was happening, right? When FTX was doing all this shady stuff yep. with Alameda, you would think if the government they were is going-
0: taking out the uh, the uh, free talk live studios is right where they were.
1: True. Yeah. Yeah, and that timing works out. Yes. But, like, if you think that the government exists and is going after cryptocurrency in order to protect the masses or whatever, why didn't they do anything about FTX? Why did FTX play all the way out until it exploded and collapsed of its own in court, on on a court? Well, specifically, it, it collapsed because they
0: showed their balance sheet to some other exchange yeah. in hopes of getting a loan, and the other exchange said, oh, my God. <laughs> that was Binance, wasn't it? was it Binance uh, the other it exchange? Was, it was an Oriental guy. I don't know his okay. name. Um, I think he was Chinese. He's he's one of the really big um, players in the okay.
1: field. That, yeah, Chi- uh, Binance is owned by a former Chinese guy. Okay. I don't remember his name. A
0: former so, Chinese guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i used to be chinese for a while
1: well he's <laughs> i ethnically... started out
0: at the bottom i was born a poor black child <laughs> wasn't that a devo but then song? i heard my first manavani record and i said these are my people wasn't that so a devo I song to become white uh, uh, i think i'm turning japanese uh no it's different than Chinese. A, i think but... that's a different band
1: mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty but, sure uh, devo
2: covered it Maybe. Maybe So Bitcoin
1: and Ethereum both down, uh, one down 5%, one down 9%. I don't find it particularly relevant when articles even mention cryptocurrency being up or down because, one, they don't give any time frame. It's it's down from what? What it was a week ago? It's Mm. up from what it was three years ago? You're not giving us a time frame with which we can actually assess these things fairly and accurately, and it's sort of meaningless to just say it's down, We just had someone come up and ask us about ForkFest.Party, and that was an interesting experience. I mean, we do have signs all over the campground. You can find them here and there, signs planted in people's yards. Someone uh, replanted our signs, so thank you for that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, someone untangled my dog's leash. It's not actually fixed to anything, right. right? For the most part, it just lays here on the ground, and she's usually good, so she doesn't wander beyond where she's allowed to wander. However, someone untangled it, so there was no tension whatsoever and no mental indicator of where she was and wasn't allowed to go. Yep. And she got tangled up in the signs and pulled them down earlier, and someone replanted them, so thanks so much for that. But anyway, we do have a ForkFest sign here in the ground. We have one hanging up the as old well. Banner? Well, we have a banner hanging up as well, we have an, uh, also the sign there. Yep. And there's another one up there at the hill that I saw earlier when I was walking my dog. And it's so nice to see bumper stickers that are representative of Free Talk Live and Fork Fest and things like that, right? It, it's nice to walk around and be reminded continually that these are our people and they support us and they love us.
2: Yeah, it is uh there. There is a we'll call it a hardcore group of Fork Fest people, who participate in the Fork Fest uh, every year, and who you know either arrive early or stay late, depending on you know when the the Fork Fest was going to happen. Like it's it's you know flipped a couple of
0: times now. We have um, some steel forks and we have some plastic forks. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: it's true. It's true.
1: That was sort of my concern with Fork Fest happening after the Pork and Pie Freedom Festival last year and the previous year. Is that like it seemed like it was mostly just like the Keene and Manchest- Manchester, Manchester mm. libertarians hanging around, which is cool and yep. fine, but. I would like to see people from outside yeah. of the community that I see on a daily basis.
2: Well, and shout out to uh, that guy Will who came up here specifically for Fork Fest. Yep. and didn't you know? Couldn't stay for the Porcupine Freedom Festival after you know checking out Free Talk Live. So
1: there have uh, been some of those throughout the years, and we don't always know when people are here just for Fork Fest and whether or not.
2: <laughs> yeah, unless they announce it themselves, right. and You know, tell us that. Oh yeah, I'm only here for you guys and here for just this, right? But we don't know.
1: Right. You can look at the sticker and see how long they're here for, but that's only a, a general indication, and mm-hmm. that's only on their vehicle. You're, they don't walk around with a sticker saying how long they're going to be here. But it is a beautiful event. It's a beautiful time, and the Porcupine Feeder Festival begins tomorrow. I look forward. To I haven't even looked on the schedule to see what all is happening this year, Yeah, which I need to because there's usually a few events that I want to check out. Someone speaking that I want to check out. Of course, there's so much controversy this year that it's – It's going to be interesting to see what happens with like R F K Junior.
2: I've decided that I'm not going to that. Yes, same. I I decided that a long time ago. I just don't know if I ever mentioned it on the show. So I'm mentioning it now. I'm not going to watch R F K.
0: What's the R F K junior thing?
2: He's he's gonna give a speech. And, and he's taken three pre
1: canned questions, yeah, like you had to submit these questions in writing. Oh, it's only three in questions? advance, and there's only three.
2: I didn't know that like I knew that they were taking questions in advance, and some somehow someone somewhere was going to decide which questions were going to get asked, so there will be no q and a by the libertarians who go to see him after his speech. It canned questions in advance so that him and his writers. You know, his his handlers can figure out how to answer them in advance. I like this is the wrong way well, to go about winning other, over pork fest. Is people, any other
0: candidate sending us a message at all?
1: Yes. Uh, Vivek is going to be here. I've heard I haven't checked, but I know once upon a time people were saying that Tulsi Gabbard was going to be here. I heard
2: yesterday that she cancelled. Okay. But that's unofficial. I just heard it in a telegram chat. I don't know if it's you know, I would hearsay or not.
0: Kelsey Gabbard,
1: yeah, same. Aaron Day is also he was offered a spot, but he wanted like Saturday at noon or something like that, and like, dude, uh, that's a tall order. Like, yeah. any any spot on the Saturday, that's a big deal. That's that's the top tier speakers there, and you want noon on the Saturday, like, I, I, I don't blame Dennis at all for saying, no, look, you can't have that spot. That kind of
2: feels like somebody's way of saying. Uh, no, I don't want to go there, right? Like, oh, I would want to go there if all I can get the best spot. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, you know, come on, you're full of yourself,
3: pal.
1: We're joined by Corey Haig, who is the author of Liberty Uncensored, the Freedom Papers. Is that right? Welcome.
3: That's right. That is our newspaper that we started back in December. And so we're on our seventh issue now. I brought the uh, fourth issue here to Porkfest because we had an article written about Pork fest here, in the Freak State Project. And, uh, so I Did you that say Freak State? The Freak State. The Free State. Oh, okay. Whatever, I heard you know.
0: free, Freak State Project, which we have been called.
1: Well, that's applicable to some degrees yeah. as well, right? Like,
0: I'm, I'm a believer in letting your freak flag fly. I'm pretty I freaky.
1: Mean, we've got the Satanist flag <laughs> flying behind us and the LGBT pride flag right there. It's, it's starting to get freakier than that, right? I, I love naming things. And of the
0: things that I've at least helped name in New Hampshire, I think one of my favorite is the Reformed Church of Satan.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, it's the Reformed Satanic Church. The the order actually is important because of the Satanic Church and the Church of Satan. Uh, Wait, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember now. Anyway, the Satanic Temple is, that's what I'm thinking of. It doesn't matter. So yes, uh, we do have the Reformed Satanic Church here in New Hampshire, and I am the high priestess of that, and performed a wedding yesterday nice. in that capacity, and that was a lot of fun. Nice. So anyway, we're joined now, as I mentioned, by the author of, or the owner of Liberty Uncensored. So tell us more about this paper, and is it only print, or is there a digital version for people? How does this work Exactly.
3: Sure. So we do a online digital version that people can get for free at Liberty dot news. We also do distribution of free issues of the physical print to all the places where we have volunteers, you know, with access to the paper that do distribution in different areas across the country. Um, like I said, we started in December, so it hasn't been running for that long, but we have already reached many, many, many thousands of people with physical prints, with online, uh, version copies that we distribute with friends like Ernest Hancock and, uh, Ernest always gets the first page. So you're always going to be able to read from Ernest Hancock in the, okay. in the newspaper. Awesome. Um, and we have a lot of ev- other heavy hitters in the freedom community that, Contribute to this. We've had uh, David Rodriguez, we've had Kenny Palarantano. A lot of people have been involved in the paper just from, you know, right from the start, sharing information that could assist in creating more liberty in this world or helping people find places where they might be more free, like New Hampshire and the Free State Project. Um, But also, so many other topics that we can use to enhance our lives. Uh, from health and well being and, and wellness in general to, uh, like David Rodriguez, um, offering a way for our children not to go to mandated, you know, psychopathic school systems, uh, mm. but rather to find their um, graduation through alternative means. And, uh, still be you know able to access if they want to go to college or you know be able to use a degree for something whatever it might be
1: yeah i noticed that one of the contributing authors was uh etienne de la uh, ian always said his name and i never did Etienne
3: de la boesi square
1: yeah that's it uh He's not a fan of me in particular. He, he's not a fan of Ian either, but he's definitely not a fan of me. He considers me to be controlled opposition for being the satanic tranny that ruined the liberty in New Hampshire. I don't know. I don't remember exactly wow. how he characterized it, but he's not a fan. And if I'm, if I'm controlled opposition, will someone tell the FBI that? Because they're putting me in prison <laughs> in eight days, and I would appreciate not having to do that. Yeah. But we are at the Free State Projects Festival. Well, not yet, but it will be going on tomorrow, and you do have an article here about the Free State. Where is Liberty Uncensored based out of?
3: So we are completely remote. Everybody that volunteers, whether they're uh, editing, whether they're uh, writing a piece, whether they're distributing, whatever part they play, everybody's volunteer, and we do everything remotely. We don't have an office. We have very little overhead, and so all the money that comes into this paper and into this project goes into spreading information to as many people as we can possibly reach um we don't have a base of operations anywhere
1: so what sort of paper what sort of articles does your paper run is it just anything and everything related to liberty because i know ernie hancock who you mentioned I, I didn't know he wrote for the paper he's always involved in a lot of projects some of which i would say are a little bit zany like the uh, the the spaceship project—I can't remember what that was called, but you know,
0: SpaceX. It,
1: no, that was Elon Musk, a, a different okay. crazy person. But you've got to dream big, right? And that's one of the things I love about Ernie is that he puts no limitations whatsoever on his dreams, and and mm. magical things can happen when one does that. So, but what what sort of things would Ernie write about when he writes for Liberty Uncensored?
3: So every month we do a primary topic, so uh, every issue is topical to something. This issue that we have in front of us is all about community and how, um, how we can develop different types of communities to create more freedom in the world and what it even means to be a community. So we dive deep into each issue of the paper something different we've done uh for black history month we did black history revisionism talking about how the story being rewritten to fit the narrative that the uh controllers want it to look like and want it to be uh we've done well
1: i'm sure uh, the fact that you even did a black history you know paper offended a large number of the conservatarians i really i
3: really hope that many people were offended because uh I forget who said that quote, but it's, um, I don't care whether they love me or hate me as long as they pay attention.
0: You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.